developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397 or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357 or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts here on this Friday. We made it to the end of the week. Glad you're with us on this uh, June the 17th of the year 2022. And man, it just won't rain, will it? I mean, it's uh, so the front came through early this morning. It's cooled things off a little bit, but uh, still going to be hot and uh, humid here for the next few days. It looks like high of 91 today. So uh, glad you're with us on a, a penny for your thoughts. Uh, got a um, combination of things to uh, do today. And really, uh, you've got the uh, Juneteenth. Which, of course, the celebration of the uh, the word uh, reaching Texas in the Confederacy at the end of the uh, Civil War. It took a while for the word about the Emancipation Proclamation to get out there. And so uh, Juneteenth, of course, a celebration of that's been a celebration uh, for years since then. So there's a lot to uh, talk about in that regard uh, alone. But it's also Father's Day, of course, and we'll combine the two here today. We've got a great story here in this first hour I uh, learned about this uh, story involving um, Laura Retallick, who uh, has been a teacher at Unit 4, and her adopted sister, uh, Sarah Culberson, and how they grew up. Uh, eventually, we'll talk to Laura about her parents and adopting uh, a child when she was a little girl. I think uh, Sarah may have been one. And it turns out, uh, through the course of time, Sarah, uh, able to find her biological father, uh, in Sierra Leone, and turns out she is a princess. And so it is a fantastic story, an adoption story, uh, searching for her biological parents, turning out and now uh, to be a princess in Sierra Leone. But uh, she has co-founded an organization that is uh, benefiting the people of Sierra Leone in a lot of different ways. And there's a movie, I think, coming out here soon, or Disney's in the process of putting one together, uh, about her life, A Princess Found. And we'll have her sister in here to start, who has uh, been working here locally, and we'll talk about the backstory of that. And so if you've uh, been adopted or you've been in a situation where you've had a family where adoption has been uh, part of your life, uh, certainly this story, I think, will uh, will resonate with you. And uh, Finding Her Father, which is also Father's Day, coming up this weekend. So I think it's an awesome story. The more I learned about it... Um, it was it was very very um, very intriguing and very fascinating to hear the entire story. Sarah, by the way, is being honored the uh, 30th annual Bounce Trumpet Award. She's getting an Impact Award for her work in Sierra Leone, 
And that will be seen Sunday night at 6 o'clock Central in its world premiere. It was held at the uh, Dolby Theater in Hollywood. So we'll talk to her about her work and finding her father uh, and her sister and her um, adopted family and how they raised her um, and on and on. So it's it's really, 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 really good story. So anyway, we'll do that. And then in the second hour, we'll do an open line. So we can talk about anything you want. The difference will be, as I've done in the uh, five years now that I've done the show, and uh, maybe a little bit four even when I filled in for Jim, uh, my dad will be on the phone with me. And we'll just uh, talk with dad and uh, do an open line during the course of the second hour. Uh, today. So a combination of Juneteenth, a great adoption story, and uh, finding uh, biological parents, and then talk with my dad in the second hour. That'll be the uh, Friday today. We'll talk electric vehicles on Monday. We have a uh, Tesla engineer. In fact, I'm getting a tour of some of the things he does. Mike Hale and I over at Light Rock uh, with him today, and then we'll have him on Monday talk about electric vehicles, and then uh, lots of other things happening leading up to the primary day and go on from there. So anyway, uh, 910 at DWS on a penny for your thoughts here. Let me get a quick call in here before we get to our guest. Alan, good morning. What are you talking about, Brian? We got rain. Did you get some rain? Three inches. Really? And it's still raining. Well, you need to send some of that up here because we can't get any. We We were needing it pretty bad, but we've got a lot of Tree damage, we've got wind damage, uh, the city in Neoga is still without power. I've got some branches down and a lot of leaves, but other than that, not too bad. But wow. there's a lot of trees down up in the Neoga, Mattoon area. Three inches. Wow. i got three inches. It's still yeah. raining now. Well. But we, we were beginning to hurt. I know. We're, we're hurting up here, I can tell you that. Yeah, I, hmm. I'm sure you are. Yeah. Well, so th- I feel like we're in a way lucky, but some people are not so lucky because they're going to have some insurance issues with the trees and stuff. Mm. Well, I'm glad you're okay, oh. and I'm glad you got some rain. But um, like I say, if you can send some this way, blow it up this way. <laughs> well, I wish I was uh, the main man, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. As you all know. That's right. All right. All right. Thank you, See Alan. You, All right. So it did rain bye. a little little further down that way. 912 at DWS. We'll bring in our guest next here, uh, Laura Vitalik and her sister, Sarah Culberson, coming up next. All right, back on a penny for your thoughts here as we go along on this Friday. I'll have my dad join me in the uh, second hour. We've been doing that for several years now. And uh, I've talked to him, and he says he's good. He's confirmed. My people have talked to his people, so we're good. <laughs> at 9.15 at the DWS. Uh, didn't get much rain here. Now, Alan tells me you got a bunch of rain down where he is. Uh, but if you uh, have had any rain and you've noticed a little leak in your roof, you can uh, get the folks roofed by Roger to take care of that. Roger himself, 46 years of experience. He's been uh, in the business with Roost by Roger in, uh, well, since right before Top Gun came out, frankly, 1985, the original one. So uh, a lot of things here. No down payment required. You pay only when the work is completed to satisfaction. They're a local and longtime pillar in the community. In fact, they get calls from uh, folks who had uh, people come in and do their roofs, and they say, yeah, it didn't really go the way we wanted to. And they have a Roost by Roger fix it basically. They offer enhanced warranties. You can go to the website, roofsbyroger, that's with a D, R-O-D-G-E-R, dot com. 
or their Facebook page, Roofing Gutters, Gutter Guard, Windows and Siding. Work with insurance companies. Free estimates. Give them a call, 217-834-3800. All right, uh, we're going to combine a couple of things today as we go along. We've got uh, Juneteenth coming up, and there's an award show on Sunday night that is going to involve the sister of our guest here in the first portion of the show, and then we'll have her sister call in. But uh, with us is Laura Vitalik, who is a teacher at Unit 4. Right. Is that correct? What yes. do you do over there? Good morning. I, I'm a first grade teacher. First grade teacher. Yes, at Carrie okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. How long have you been doing that? Um, 21 years. 21 years. Yeah. Off and on. I've done different, um, I've had different roles, literacy, um, intervention, and things. But right. Mm-hmm. Currently, I'm a first grade teacher. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for yeah. you. Well, that's a, that's a great career and pretty rewarding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is. Yeah. It's very rewarding. Love love the kids. The last mm-hmm. two years have been kind of crazy with the pandemic and but I we're yeah. back on track, I hope next. Well, week. this this is such a fascinating story. My wife kind of clued me into this. I think you know my wife Leanne. Yes. And um now you were living around I think around the corner from us in right. Muhammad, right? Yes, right. Yeah. I raised um my kids in Muhammad, moved mm-hmm. into Champaign a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but yes, I know th- Leanne through book club. Oh, okay. There, yeah, I knew there yes. was. Uh, I, I, I knew that's the, that was the big connection. Yes. through book yeah. club. But yes. uh, well, your family's uh, story is pretty fascinating. Um, first of all, tell us where you were where you were born, where your your parents grew up, and where they raised you. I guess initially. Sure. Yeah, right. So we. Um, I grew up in Morgantown, West Virginia. West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And um, my father uh, was a professor there at the university his entire career of anatomy. Mom mm-hmm. was a stay-at-home mom, and then she got her um, degrees later and became a special education teacher. And when I was uh, 11, my family, um, and I have an older sister okay. as well, so there, okay. was two, there was two of us in the family, and my um, parents decided that they wanted to adopt a, mm-hmm. a child, and, so, and they wanted to adopt a biracial child. Mm. And so... Um, funny here we are on the radio we're a white family mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's an important part of the story right, right. because it was mm-hmm. a racial and interracial adoption yeah um what prompted them to decide to do that i mean uh, they had some friends that had uh had adopted and it, it just went really well and they mm-hmm. wanted to you know raise another child provide a home for another child and just were really um fascinated with the idea of of an interracial you know adoption mm-hmm. and um sarah came to us when she was one year old in three days, so she mm. was had her birthday on April fifteenth, and she was in our arms on April eighteenth when she turned one. Um, and she just was uh, when I, I think of the day, and it's a big part of her story. She came in a little green dress, puffy afro, and just a you know very concerned but precious darling face, and mm-hmm. um, she just came into the family and became just you know instantly. Part of your My family, sister, yeah. Part of the family, yes, yes. Yeah. So you're 11. I was 11. So, so you're old enough to. I mean, you're. Not, it's not like you're three and you don't remember. I mean, this is. Oh no! A pretty yes, big I, deal. Yes, I ran home from school. Um, I shared a room with her, so she had her little crib in my room, and I had my twin bed. And I have a funny story. Um, we had. Uh, yeah. So my parents, when she came, you know, obviously she'd been in foster care. She was not sleep. She didn't sleep well through the night. She was a baby, and. Um, they would give her these little, um, maybe five or six little bottles to put her back to sleep, which I know is, you know, parents today would say, ah, that's terrible. But they did that because yeah. they were exhausted and they would give her a bottle and she'd go back to sleep. So in the morning, she would throw them at me. 
and mm-hmm. wake me up. They were not morning people. I was a morning person, so I got up every morning and you know took care of her, changed her diaper, and we played, and I gave her breakfast, and hmm. we um, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. So when she comes in and and joins your family, mm-hmm. did you have any idea of um, you know how your parents found her? Did you understand all that, or was it just Here's, I've got a new sister. Uh, at that time, there was a lot of involvement with um, social work. They came to visit the the house, um, you know, mm-hmm. did home visits and things. There was the court, you know, when we went to officially legally adopt her. It was all around that. As far as her background, I didn't know yeah. anything mm-hmm. I, at that time. Yeah, and we'll learn about that as yeah. we go. Yes. But right. uh, to her, it was just mom and dad sure. adopted this little yeah. girl, and yeah. now she's my sister. Exactly. And she's in my room. Exactly. Throwing <laughs> things at me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so was the area, was Morgantown very um, diverse as far as, or was it mostly, it, mostly all white? The area I grew up in was not mm-hmm. very diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it was a thing, you know, Morgantown, West Virginia in the 70s, although it was a university community. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents were pretty um, involved in the entire community, church community and everything. So, um, you know, she just kind of melded right in and we we really didn't have any issues, you know, growing up with, with racial issues at all mm-hmm. um, from mm-hmm. my perspective. Mm-hmm. As Sarah can tell her story. Right, um, yeah. I was going to say for someone like her, and I don't know if you've seen This Is Us, uh, no. the show, but there's about um, an adopted black baby who gets adopted yeah. into a white family and the, right. but then his growing up and looking around going wait a minute you know my family's white and I'm not right um did did she express was she too young to express any of that or did Oh I think it was a big part of her uh, um childhood that she was a perfectionist mm-hmm. and um if you read her book she she talks about that where she she talks about um being almost afraid like I think she said to my mom one time, well, if I don't do it just perfectly, you know, maybe you'll send me back. She was a little girl. And, mm-hmm. and my mom's like, well, back where, Sarah? Yeah. You, <laughs> this is here. You're, this is your home. There mm-hmm. is no back. You're, but I think she had that mindset as a kid of I have to be perfect. And she became very successful in a lot of things, sports and, and theater mm-hmm. and all those things, because I think of that, that idea mm-hmm. um, yeah. that she was – you know, she was different. She was adopted. Um, I was not aware of any of that, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she eventually kind of be, she began her own journey looking for her mm-hmm. biological parents. So as her older sister, what yeah. what did you observe with that? I know because she was in her twenties, right? When she she or, was in her late twenties when, when she finally made contact. Yeah. Um, I wasn't aware of any, and I don't think she did any real looking. Um, I think she always wondered. She knew from early on that her mother, biological mother, had passed away. Okay. So she knew she would not. um, But she did make contact and has a wonderful relationship with her foster family, who was, I believe, fostering um, Penny, her mother. And so she still, to this day, you know, sees them and and has Mm -hmm. a good relationship with them. Um, Yeah. Because her, her father, her biological father, was from Sierra Leone but was living was living in the United States. Right. He right? came to that, yeah. um, West Virginia to um, get an education, as, as along with a lot of his um, siblings. And, and during that time, the Diamond Wars broke out in Africa. It wasn't safe to go back. Which was a civil war. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was uh, 
Charles Taylor and all the, yeah. the child soldiers and all that. It was horrible. Um, so that's kind of um, in her book. It's kind of juxtaposed, I guess, against like her, mm-hmm. her like being homecoming queen and all these successes in this you know really really great life. And he's hiding from these rebel warriors and he's trying to keep his family safe. And they kind of go back and forth. And it's the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he eventually marries um, eventually uh, Sarah's mom, her biological mom, uh, Penny. Penny. Right. They, they didn't marry. They had a relationship. Okay, they had a relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. And right. while he was there at school, um, she kept Sarah, I think, for uh, for a while, and both realized they couldn't mm-hmm. um, raise her. Mm-hmm. S- so they uh, decided um, to put her for adoption. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting how that all. Yeah. It is. Life works like that. It really is. I mean, and, and, <laughs> and how it came. You know, we'll talk about how it comes yeah. back together. But yeah. um, I admire her um, her mother a lot. Mm-hmm. I really do, and I think Sarah. Um, they had um, when she does finally go to Africa. They have a, a, a ceremony, a service for her, and uh, you know that's an act of love, mm-hmm. right? To make sure a child has a, a good home. Visiting with Laura Vitalik, he's a teach. She is a teacher at uh, Unit Four Schools. Her sister, uh, Sarah Culberson, we'll hear from her in just a little bit, uh, is being honored uh, by Bounce the Trumpet Awards for an Impact Award for her work in Sierra Leone. She is a co-founder of uh, what Sierra Leone Rising. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what what what's involved there? I mean, what uh, it, there's a lot of work she does oh, in yes. Sierra Leone, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. She's connected a lot of, um, uh, you know, she's done a lot of fundraising. Connected a lot of, for, for instance, Rotary um, works on uh, wells. My dad's involved in Rotary. I'm involved in Rotary. But through, um, there's just a lot of things happening there as a result of her um, her work. She mm-hmm. pulls a lot of people in, a lot of organizations in, a lot of service. Um, organizations and mm. it's it's amazing um if you go to the website and look what what's happening mm-hmm. and she's being stuff. honored for a lot of that and mm-hmm. we'll talk to her about that okay. uh, as it turns out she um found out that her dad was royalty right which is which is part of the great story that she turns out she discovers she's a princess right so what went through your mind when you hear oh my goodness my sister well i always knew she was a princess you yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. She no. She um, found she she became very curious. Actually, she was doing some personal development work in her career. She's a mm-hmm. theater um, major and was trying to get work acting in L.A. and um, really wasn't thinking about this at all. But through this this work she was doing, someone. Um, I think she can tell the story better than me. But someone mm-hmm. just says, you know, my brother is a private detective. We could find. Your father, like I think it was, where are you holding back? And she's like, I, I, I'm afraid to find my father. And anyway, as a result of that, she found her family in Maryland, um, but her father had returned mm. to Sierra Leone. A lot of people had come for their education and stayed because of the war. Um, so she has family in Maryland, mm-hmm. but she, um, but he had returned to okay. Sierra Leone and yes, ha- yeah. was um, the director of a boarding school at the time. Okay, but. Yes, I I always leave out the part about the princess part because to me it was so it was such a small part of the story. Yeah. And people would be like, but, but why did she write a book and why is all this happening? Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, she's a princess. <laughs> <laughs> but to you, she was just your little sister. Just my little sister. Yeah, right? she's really Princess Sarah now. Um, in the in you know Official publicly, yeah. and um, that's a little. Hard for me to. Yeah, she's Sarah yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now your uh, your mom and dad went to Sierra Leone. Did you uh, to meet 
her biological father mm-hmm. once they were able to make contact. Did you did you yes. go on that trip? I just, haven't been just yet. Just your mom and dad. Okay. I, yes, I haven't yeah. been yet. And actually, Sarah went by herself the first time. First time. Okay. And she was welcomed in a grand uh, manner in I bet. in that um, area. In fact, everyone was wearing the same green she was given a green dress that morning and everyone welcomed her in with music and it's a beautiful um video it's probably on the website and mm-hmm. um everyone had the same you know fabric the clothes and they had celebration and she really learned at that time i remember her saying she was going i was nervous um and she was saying well i my, i know my dad's a um my father is a um headmaster at this school and she said through contact what should i bring do you need like t-shirts or pencils or and he said sarah we we don't we need like walls and desks that the warrior the you know during the war that they had used the boarding school as barracks and then burn it to the ground so Mm. there was nothing yeah and i think when she got there she realized oh wow this is way bigger than you know what i thought and when you ask her she'll say um being princess is being is responsibility Mm -hmm. and that's I think she got that on that trip. I th- I don't I can't tell you how many trips she's made. Quite a few, mm-hmm. but the I think the second trip my parents went and that was beautiful. Mm. They got to see um, everything and like I said, they do work. They you know my dad through Rotary has connected a lot of wells and and things. So mm-hmm. mm. yeah. good story, great yeah. story. Uh, Nine twenty nine. Laura Vitalik is with us here. She's a teacher at Unit Four and uh, one of my uh, our neighbors in Muhammad uh, up till now. Part of my wife's book club, but anyway, her uh, her sister is a princess, Princess Sarah Culbertson, uh, Culbertson, and uh, she found out she was a princess. We'll talk about her experience a little bit and the work she does uh, in Sierra Leone, since her uh, dad, she found her biological dad. Nine twenty nine. Back with more here in just a moment. All right, we're back on Penny for Your Thoughts here. We're at 9.36. Our uh, news headlines were brought to you by First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since 1865. Visit firstmid.com to find out more. Got a great story going on here. We're talking with Laura Vitalik, who uh, is a teacher at Unit 4, and talking about her adopted sister, Sarah Culberson, who turns out uh, to be a princess. We'll hear about her uh, story here uh, when we get a hold of her here, she will uh, be joining us here shortly. Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair, if you need some work done on your vehicle, uh, certainly this is the place to go. Uh, they are truly passionate about their business. They've been in business for over a couple of decades. And some of the uh, testimonials they had, Derek in Urbana said, this is my second car done by Gallo Miller. As always, the work was amazing. The car looks better than before it was damaged. Thank you guys so much. You are the best. And Haley in Tolono said, my vehicle looks amazing. It was fabulous. You guys touched up the extra areas that needed it and fixed the door ding as well. So they can do it, uh, whichever, if it's a big dent or a little ding, they can fix it. Gallo Miller, south side of I-74 between the Neal and Prospect exits in Champaign. All right, Laura Vitalik is with us, and I think we've got her sister on the phone here, Princess Sarah Culberson. How are you, Sarah? I'm doing great. How are you? Hey, it's good to have you on. We got your sister here in the studio. She's been saying a lot of nice things about you. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. <laughs> hey, Sarah. That's wonderful. 
<laughs> well, we were just talking that she gave us was giving us the backstory about when she was eleven, and this little girl comes into her family, and uh, you guys shared a room. Your crib was in there, and you're throwing what bottles at her, and all this kind of stuff. I mean, that's pretty pretty good story. <laughs> my gosh that yeah i would I, she told me that story i would throw bottles at her so she would change my diaper <laughs> well we were close at a very young age yes well we'll talk about your life growing up a little bit because you're uh you know, obviously you were biracial you're adopted into a family in morgantown west virginia um and then you start growing up a little bit and you start looking around going huh um did you um you know, talk about your family a little bit. What you thought, what was going through your mind at the time growing up? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. When I first was adopted, I when I came home, Lynn and Laura yelled to all the neighborhood girls, come here, come here, you got to see my new little baby sister, Sarah. you got to see my new little baby sister, Sarah. So all the neighborhood girls came running. Catherine Morgan, Teresa Morgan. You remember everybody, Laura, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> I have a picture of all of them and when they sat in a circle and, they had all these questions, and Catherine, I mean, out of the mouths of babes, right? They're so sweet, and they're like, they looked at me, and they said to Lynn, is she black, or does she just have a really good tan? And they said, and Lynn said, this is my new little baby sister, Sarah. She's part West African and part white American. They said, oh, okay. So I was growing up getting to know the kids in the neighborhood, and um, we had a little poodle, Benji. He had the same afro. Um, that I did growing up. <laughs> and um, yeah, we just had this a really great time growing up in Morgantown together. It was pretty awesome to have two big sisters to grow up with and kind of show me the ropes of the town, mm-hmm. um, which was always so much fun. Mm. Really a lot of fun. Well, it yeah. sounds sounds like a fun childhood. And uh, now my wife is adopted and uh, she's oh, a, really? a, friend, a friend of Laura's and she tells the story, you know, you reach a point where she wanted to learn more about her biological parents. And so when did that kind of kick in for you? You know, that's a great question. I, you know, I always thought about it when I was a kid, when I'd see someone, I'd go, Oh, I wonder if my birth mother looks like that. Or I wonder if my birth father looks like that. It, it's really interesting. It's, it's kind of this subconscious quiet thing that some of us who are adopted do. And then there's a point where we decide, okay, we want to do something about it. Um, I guess I should only speak in the I perspective because everyone, everyone's adoption story is different um, and experience. So all of a sudden I was in, I was in high school and I was in one of my classes and I watched this story about a mother who had to place her daughter in adoption um, because she couldn't take care of her. And I remember watching this video in, in my class in high school and I thought, oh my gosh, I mean, is that what happened with my birth mother? I wonder what happened. And that day I went home and started to talk to my parents. I think I was 17, 18 years old. And I said, you know, I want to, I, I watched this video. I want to know more about medical history and so on. And, you know, at that time I had just had ACL surgery on my knee. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was uh, athlete my senior year and my mom was like okay let's get your knee knee healed I know you've got a lot of stuff going on and then we can talk more about this so it was something that I thought about but I didn't really take action until um, a little bit later in my 20s and that's when I said to myself okay so I started thinking about it when I was younger then a little bit in high school and then later on in life I thought 
I want to know who I look like. I want to know medical history, but I didn't want to be, you know, someday 60, 70 or 80 and it was too late. So I said to myself, I've got to, I've got to do this. And I was actually home from graduate school when I actually decided to kind of take action. And I found that my birth mother's family um, in West Virginia, my birth mother grew up actually in, in West Virginia. And I got to meet some of her family members and hear stories. And it was so special because we, it was almost like hearing about myself. We did the same thing at the same time. And she loved to sing and dance and act. And that's, you know, I had gone to college and graduate school for classical theater. I studied dance. I thought, oh, my gosh, I get all these different traits from her. Um, it was really special to learn about. She unfortunately passed away of cancer when I would have been 11, so I didn't get to meet her. But I got to hear stories and see pictures and everything, and that was really special. Um, and then, you're, then time went by, and I said, you know, I really want to find my birth father, but I don't know where he is. I don't know if he would want to meet me. And I was really afraid of being rejected. You know, I thought, well, what if he has this whole other family? I don't want to mess things up. I just have some questions. Um, and I did this amazing program called Landmark Worldwide. And I was sitting there in the course, and, and this is a class to have, it's a kind of like a self-development course. And my friend who worked for Microsoft had done this work. He's a software engineer. And then he started his own company. He was doing so well. And I thought, well, maybe this could help advance my acting career. But when I was sitting in the course, I realized, wow, this is really not about acting. This is some, I need to get some things resolved from my past. And I didn't realize that I was really angry at my birth father. I thought, well, where were you? My birth mother kept me for nine months. I was in foster care for three months. Where were you? And then as I started to, kept doing the course, I started to think, well, what was it like to be an African man in the 70s and 80s with a white woman in West Virginia. You know, maybe I should give this guy a break. And the moment I let go of that anger and the moment I, I just, you know, just let that go, it's almost like this yellow brick road or a whole new world opened up. It was, and everything was there that I needed. I just needed to be available. So I was sitting in the class and the person said, you know, they said, where are you holding back in your life? Tell the person sitting next to you. So I'm sitting there in the class and my friend Art was sitting next to me. And I said, you know what, Art, I'm terrified to find my birth father. And he said, why? I said, I've heard it costs thousands of dollars for a private investigator. I don't know where to begin. And I'm really afraid of being rejected. And he said, listen, I know a private investigator. He won't charge you more than a hundred bucks and your birth father's going to love you. And I said, Okay. I was nervous, but I said, okay, after doing this course, I'm taking on being open, loving, and courageous, no matter what I find out, no matter what if he wants to talk to me or doesn't want to talk to me. And the moment I got the information, called the private investigator, I got th three hours, all the information I needed for $25. <laughs> no joke. I know, uh, not, <laughs> not, not thousands, not even a hundred, like 25. <laughs> right? $25. Yeah. And he was so special. He said, you know, this is why I do this. I'm really excited for you. And I wrote a letter to Marilyn when we, when we used to write letters. And this is like when 2003, when Facebook and things were just kind of taking off. And, and um, I wrote a letter. He said, don't, don't actually call because sometimes people freak out and hang up. He said, write a letter and let them sit with it and let them call when they're ready. And I said, okay. 
so I wrote a letter to Maryland, which is where I thought my birth father was. And it was really interesting because within four days, I got a phone call. This is what I mean. It all happened so quickly. Three hours for <laughs> information, four days later for a phone call. And there was this woman on the other line, and she said, Hello, Sarah. This is Evelyn. How are you? And I thought, no, wait a second. Is this that Jamaican woman I met the other day? Because I couldn't get the dialect, and I wasn't expecting to hear from anyone so soon. She said, Sarah, I'm your auntie. We received your letter. And I started to cry. I said, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I didn't know if I would ever hear from you. I didn't know if I would ever see you. Sorry, I have a puppy who's barking. And, um, and she said, Sarah, I was there when you were born. I used to take care of you when your birth mother would go to the grocery store. She said, hold on, hold on, let me get your uncle on the phone. And then my uncle got on the phone and he said, oh, Sarah, we are so happy you've been found. Do you know who you are? And I said, I'm Sarah. He said, you are part of a royal family. Your great-grandfather was a paramount chief in Sierra Leone. Your grandfather was a paramount chief. Your grandfather was knighted justice of the peace by the Queen of England. You can be chief. You are a princess in this country. Our family runs a chiefdom of 70,000. And I just started to learn all of this information. And I was dumbfounded. I, you know, I thought, maybe I'll find him. Maybe I won't. And so on. And what's so interesting is that when after me, you know, talking on the phone, they said, we're going to contact your father in Sierra Leone. He's going to be so happy to meet you. Well, they contacted my father in Sierra Leone, but in 2003, very few people had access to cell phones in Sierra Leone. I didn't really realize that cell phones were actually a privilege to have. Hmm. And um, that was something that I learned in, in this journey. And very few people had cell phones, so people were getting message from village to village to village to my, my family in Sierra Leone. Now, 1991 to 2002 is when they went through an 11-year civil war in Sierra Leone. And I was calling in 2003, so they had just been out of an 11-year civil war. Now, I didn't know any of this at the time. And during those two weeks of them getting message from village to village, I started getting phone calls from all of these different African family members who live in the United States. And it was so special. I mean, my Uncle Ali called, Hello, Sarah, I'm your Uncle Ali, your father's favorite uncle. Hello, Sarah, I'm your Auntie Jenny. They used to call your father and me twins when we were little. Hello, Sarah, hello, Sarah, hello, Sarah. I love it because everyone was like my father's favorite. Everyone yeah. called, I'm your father's favorite. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was so it wow. was so fun. Oh, my goodness. And then, yeah, and then my birth father called after the two weeks went by. And the first thing he said to me is he said, Sarah, please forgive me. I didn't know how to find you after you've been placed in adoption. Your name had changed. Everything had changed. He's, I said, listen, if there's a day that goes by that you feel guilty. Please don't. You gave me the best family in the world. And now I'm going to get to meet you, too. He said, I wanted you to know your birth mother and I, we were young, and I didn't know she was pregnant. She called me and said, I'm pregnant. She said, I will take care of her. I was away at school. And then she called me after nine months and said, this is too much. I think we should place her in adoption. So we both chose to do that. And I said, listen, I am so grateful for the family that I have, and now I'm going to get to meet you, too. So how do we do this? 
And he said, well, it's challenging right now for me to get a visa to come to the United States, but I'd love for you to come here to visit. And I said, I would love that. So I flew to Maryland to meet all those African family members, the ones who were saying, hello, what's that? Hello, what's that? I'm your father's favorite. I went and met <laughs> all of them. Mm. And we planned a trip for six months later to go to Sierra Leone. Now, I'm ta- I know I'm talking a lot, so I, I'll pause there. <laughs> no, that's okay. And so, so uh, as this went on, eventually you meet with him. What was that like to oh meet him in person? God. It was amazing. So I flew to Sierra Leone with a bunch of these African family members that I met um, in Maryland. And I get off the airplane, and it's so interesting because... I have a lot of curly hair. They said, your sister's going to want to braid your hair. So I straightened my hair. So I thought this will help her braid my hair when I get there. As I was walking down the stairs of the airplane onto the tarmac, I don't know if any of your listeners have been to West Africa in December, but let me tell you, the humidity is at a whole other level. My hair was literally standing almost straight up because (laughs) the humidity just knocked me out. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to meet my birth family for the first time and my hair is standing on end. Um, but I just kind of took a deep breath and, and walked into the airport, and I was so nervous. I was so scared and, um, and, and excited at the same time. And when I saw my birth father's face, it was as if his eyes were saying, please like me, please accept me, please like me. And, and when I saw his eyes, in that moment, my fear dropped away, and I just went over to him, and I gave him a big hug, and I said, it's so good to finally meet you and he said it's so good to finally meet you too and my aunt amy the chief's wife was standing there and she says turn around girl let me look at you let me look at you so i turned around and we took a ferry from lunge which is the um uh, where the airport is to freetown which is the capital of sierra leone and what's so interesting about the name freetown freetown was named because how it was named is because where the africans were taken and enslaved around the world and made slaves, this is where they were actually returned to Freetown. So I was standing there in Freetown with my birth father, and it was so incredible and amazing and very surreal. I thought, wow, I'm actually here with you. Mm. And the next morning, my father gave me this beautiful green African dress. He had a matching green shirt. And I, he said, Sarah, I would love for you to wear this green African dress into our family's village. I said, I would love to. I said, I think we're going to be twins here. This is great. <laughs> and we go on what I call the Indiana Jones roads to Boompay. I mean, the bumpy roads yeah. after the summer of the rainy season. It was quite incredible. And we're riding on these bumpy roads for about six hours from Freetown to Boompay, my family's village. Mm. And when we arrive, it is spectacular. We arrive in the village and everyone starts surrounding the car that we've driven in. And this little boy wearing all white runs beside the car and then he runs up ahead, signaling everyone, which I didn't know, signaling everyone to come and gather. And they come around the car, everyone gathers around the car, I get out and everyone is singing and dancing. And all of a sudden, everyone parts, and all the women of the village come forward wearing the same green dress that I had been given that morning, and they were singing. They were singing, put a tang, 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 
but a tang, tang, tang. They're singing, we're preparing for Sarah in Mende. And I was literally pinching myself. I thought I was kind of this overachiever kid growing up, basketball athlete, homecoming queen, and thinking I need to be the best to fit in. And all I did was show up in Sierra Leone, and that was enough. Mm. And it was this whole new world that opened up. And um, I, I met my sister, Jenaba, my brother, Hindo Bay, my father, Joseph, his wife, Mary. Interesting biblical thing going on there, Joseph and Mary. I just <laughs> got, to meet, <laughs> got to meet all this family. And my uncle said, our daughter has come home in front of hundreds of people. They had this huge ceremony, everyone dancing. They had a huge circle. I got to sit at the main head table with uh, different section chiefs from, the, from our Mende chiefdom. There are 10 section chiefs who report to my uncle, who's the paramount chief, who reports to my other uncle, who's the president of the country. So it was incredible just to be able to be with everyone and see all these performances and be welcomed with so much love. And my uncle said, our daughter has come home and she can be chief if she chooses to. And it was so special and so spectacular mm. and, and quite overwhelming mm. at the same time. Really beautiful and, 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 and very surreal, actually. Mm. Well, well, one thing I want to talk about, and i only got a few minutes left here, uh, Sarah. Sarah Culberson is with us, Princess uh, Sarah Culberson, her sister, Laura Vitalik, who's a teacher here locally at Unit 4. A, a great adoption story and then discovering biological father and family and all of that's happened. Uh, Sierra Leone Rising, uh, you're being honored, uh, yeah. Sarah, with uh, there's a show coming on on uh, Sunday night, June, 9th, uh, June 19th, Juneteenth. Uh, that uh, and yep. I know uh, Laura was you were there too, right, Laura? At the because it's it was back in April, but it's going to be shown Sunday night. So yes, we yeah. were we were in the front row next to Sarah. It's, it was at the Dolby Theater. Just a very, very exciting night. Yes, yeah. to see my sister walk up on that stage and it's 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 worth tuning in. She gives a very powerful speech. Well, some of the people being honored along with Sarah, by the way, uh, there's a couple of, uh, well, an actor uh, in there. Uh, there's a producer, Stan Lathan, I guess, well-known TV and film producer. And then Courtney Vance, who was in Hunt for Red October, and the preacher's wife is also uh, being honored there. So congratulations on all that, Sarah. And uh, I know uh, for people that would be interested in learning more about Sierra Leone Rising, uh, would just go to the go to the website, I guess, and learn about all the great work yes. that you're doing there. Yes, Sierra Leone Rising is our nonprofit, and after the war, we're doing work in public health, education, technology, and female empowerment, and we're working to get clean water within the entire country, so if you're interested, we would love, love, love for you to be part of this journey with us and, and support the work that we're doing in Sierra Leone. Mm. Well, and the other thing I wanted to bring up, too, is, uh, you know, Juneteenth is coming up, celebrating that. I know one thing you uh, have talked about is the importance of uh, black children. Uh, learning about their heritage and learning about mm -hmm. their background. And I know you've been big on talking about that, too. Yeah, and also I think it's so important about the freedom from slavery, um, which is what Juneteenth represents. In 1863, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed by Abraham Lincoln, but two years later in Galveston, Texas, slaves were actually freed. It took two years for them to get that uh, message on June 19th. That's why... June 19th is being celebrated, and also for freedom from slavery, but also we are working on the book that I co-authored with my writing partner, Tracy Trivis, 
we wrote a book called A Princess Found, and we just sold it to Disney, and we're turning it into a new Disney movie. And with that movie, it's another level of what Juneteenth represents. It, it's actually sharing a narrative of we actually are descendants from, you know, mothers, fathers, lawyers, healers, doctors, um, you know, all these amazing kings and queens from Africa and were brought to different places in the world and enslaved and made slaves. So our lineage is actually from from Africa and actually knowing that shifting the narrative from just being descendants from slaves, but actually being descendants from Africans first. Mm. So that's what we're excited about with the, the Disney movie that we're working on as well. Well, Sarah, so, congratu- congratulations on all of your success. And anything you want to say to your sister here? we got a minute left. I mean, uh, you want to catch up on oh any news God, or anything? I, or? I love you, my sister. You're the best sister. She, she has raised amazing, she has raised amazing, amazing children who have actually helped fundraise for Sierra Leone Rising. Mackenzie said, oh, my birthday, I want, when she was young, I want all the gifts to go to my Aunt Sarah's nonprofit, Give Us Money. My nephew, Brian, her son, is, who's um, in college right now, um, he got his fraternity to do a, a fundraiser for our work in Sierra Leone. So, and my sister's done fundraisers. So I just want to say thank you, Laura, for being such an amazing support and raising such incredible children who think about others and give back. Well, so, thank you, Sarah. Thank sister. you for doing what you're doing for so, so, so many mm. people on, on, in the planet. On the planet. <laughs> well, Sarah, we'll, we'll, we'll look for the awards uh, on Bounce. I think it's 6 o'clock uh, Central Time, Sunday night. Uh, yes. We'll look for you there. And congratulations uh, on all of this. What a wonderful story. We could probably talk for three hours about this, but <laughs> unfortunately we're, we're out of time. But I just I really enjoyed uh, listening to you and listening to your story, and I know that resonated with a lot of folks who I'm sure uh, you know went through adoption or that whole process and adoption families. And, Laura, thank you for uh, sharing your sister with us today. Appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for Very having good. us. Sarah, have a great weekend, okay? You too. Thank you. Very good. Princess Sarah Culberson and her sister, Laura Vitalik. Laura, thank you. Appreciate it. Yes, thanks for having me. Very good. All right, we're heading heading into a great weekend with that and Father's Day. My dad will join us next on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart. On News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. All right, on a penny for your thoughts. As we uh, join you here in the second hour. All right, good to be back for hour number two, and uh, we're getting my dad on the line here as we speak, and uh, we'll visit with him here as we head into Father's Day. Hope you enjoyed the uh, visit there in that uh, first hour. If you missed any of that uh, with Laura uh, and with Sarah, her uh, adopted sister who was biracial uh, when she was adopted, part uh, a 
from an African father in Sierra Leone and a, a white woman. Uh, they were had a relationship, had a daughter, put her up for adoption, um, and wound up in the family of of uh, Laura, who is a teacher at Unit Four and uh, one of our neighbors in Muhammad, and just a unbelievable story uh, that Sarah was telling. And we could have talked to her for a couple of hours, um, but uh, we we may have her on again. I'm told she may be in town at some point here in the fall, so we'll uh, maybe talk a little more about the work she's doing in uh, Sierra Leone and all that's happening there. But um, if you're adopted or uh, part of an adoptive family or you had a, a sibling who was adopted, um, I, some of that probably resonated with you, I would think, at some point, uh, just her story and, and growing up. And then you add the, um, you know, the, the nature of the adoption and a biracial adoption and growing up. And uh, it's just it was just a great, great story, I thought. So I hope you enjoyed it. I do have a link, by the way, to the um, – we'll put the link up where you can find the show. It's on Bounce TV if it's on – I've got it on Dish. Uh, it's an African-American type channel like BET. Um, and maybe uh, uh, I think on Sunday night at 6 is when it's supposed to be on. Uh, the award show where she is honored along with a couple of the folks I mentioned – uh, that are being honored by that organization with a Trumpet Award, 30th Annual Bounce Trumpet Awards. And uh, among those being honored, Courtney Vance, who is an actor in uh, The Hunt for Red October and The Preacher's Wife, and another uh, well-known television and film producer. Basically a show that is um, honoring black excellence. And she has is receiving the Impact Award. The uh, award, I think, was handed out in April. And the show is on... Uh, Sunday night at 6, if you'd like to to uh, take a look at that and kind of see more of the impact of the work she's uh, done. But we'll, we'll put the link to where you can find it. But it's also streaming on Sling is one of the areas you can find it. But um, anyway, Bounce TV, it's a Bounce Network, I guess. And it's uh, if you check your local uh, local cable channels or your DISH or satellite provider, you should be able to, to find that on there, I would I would think. All right, 217-356-9397 is our number. The news at the top of the hour is brought to you by Luther Falls Custom Kitchens, Granite and Quartz. Prices starting at just $35 per square foot installed, 2706 North Mattis. Champagne, visit online at lutherfalls.com. All right, uh, open line here this hour, but uh, I am uh, pleased to be joined by my dad, Tom Barnhart, as we've done this before the last few years. I don't know, six or seven times now, I think. Am I right? Yeah, good morning, Brian. Yeah, I think that's right. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> well, hope you're doing okay. I know you had a little uh, surgery, eye, eye surgery done, so hopefully you're recovering from that. But um, you can still talk on the phone, so that's good. Yeah, I was wishing I could come in to the, see your new building but uh, this time, but I, uh, I'm still recovering. I'm uh, doing a little better each day, and so... Hopefully, I'll get back to normal here pretty yeah. pretty quick. Well, if you have any comments uh, for my dad, uh, you know him, or you just want to say hi to him, or you want to wish him a happy Father's Day, or whatever the case uh, is uh, for coming up this weekend, you can certainly do that. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven text line two one seven three five one five three five seven, and you can email us talk at wdws dot com. I hate to start by talking about the weather, but it relates to farming. Um, how do the crops look so far? Are they getting dry? 
Yeah, they're getting uh, to the point where they need some rain uh, pretty bad, but uh, they still look uh, look good. I mean, as you drive down the road, but uh, uh, our garden has began to suffer too. We've been watering it or the flowers and trying to keep everything going, but uh, I guess we just missed one little rain here this morning, which was unfortunate but yeah. uh we've seemed like they go north of us and south of us and <laughs> we're left high and dry yeah now did, did uh doug Velasky puts in our our crops did was he late this year or was he a little behind no, he or was, uh, he was on time i'd say he got the beans in a little early and uh corn right on time so yeah hmm. he, uh, he does a good job yeah but we need some rain though before long Right, it can't, oh, yeah. can't go much yeah, longer. It doesn't doesn't look like we're going to get it either for a while. So mm. Mm. I don't know. I, <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> how those crops keep going, you know, with uh, very little moisture. But mm. uh, well, for people that don't know, it. for people that don't know, uh, my dad uh, has been a farmer. You've been you've been farming since you were a little boy. I mean, you've been doing this a long oh, yeah. time. Yep. That's what I only only thing I ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you're um, one of the uh, folks we've had on. Uh, your oldest brother, uh, my oldest uncle uh, Wilbur, he passed away. I know uh, some people may have heard that or whatever, but uh, um, he was the one. I know yeah, that I, with with your dad, uh, he did a lot of the farming early, so you helped him out. But. Yeah, yeah. He actually passed away on the Fourth of July. That's right. That's right. It was <laughs> the Fourth of July, so we're coming up on the anniversary of that. So. Yep, and my next oldest brother, Ted, he's uh, in pretty bad shape. Uh, he's hoping to make it to the 4th of July, and it would be kind of ironic if they both passed away on the same day, but uh, yeah. it's looking uh, like it might be a, a likely scenario. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I know <laughs> Uncle Ted, be... uh, Uncle Ted, who was a fireman here in town and at the university, and um, I know he's been battling some some illness, uh, saw him around the first of the year, and we all, you know, he's been in hospice for quite a while, so hopefully he can uh, can hang in there. But, uh, but yes, yeah, yeah, and then, okay. and then and of course, your sister, too. So, um, yeah. Yeah, he's a, Ted's a tough bird, tough old bird. I don't know how he keeps <laughs> keeps hanging on, but. Uh, well, he, <laughs> he does. <laughs> I, I, t- I talked to his daughter last night, and uh, she's t- pretty much taken care of him, and. She said he was uh, not doing well at all, so I don't know. Uh, well, hopefully he can, yeah, but he's good. he's lived quite a life too. That bit's a whole other story about his uh, his life too. Yeah, but. he's he's ninety, by mm-hmm. the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got several years to go, then. You know. You, well, I you're, hope you're, so. You're, you're, I... the, you're the young buck of the group, so. Yeah, I read uh, obituaries every morning, and it's amazing how many people. Uh, 75 and 80 and 82 and 83 that uh, are in the newspaper and uh, a lot of my about half of my classmates have all passed away and a lot of my old friends and it's uh, I don't know I guess the Lord's been good to me I'm still going and yeah you and mom both pretty healthy Yeah. yeah yeah both of us and we're able to take care of ourselves I'm able to drive yet and go to uh, doctor and go to the store and and uh, help with the garden and mow the yard and do all kinds of things so a, a lot of 82 year olds are 
nursing homes or wheelchairs or what have you, but uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've been very fortunate. Well, good. My dad is with me, Tom Barnhart. Uh, we got a lot of callers here that want to talk to you. Um, Liz is with us. How you doing, Liz? I'm doing fine. Um, yeah, I, I recognize that voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tom, uh, it's, it's good to hear you every time. I know you're a good dad, and you sure have a good son, too. And, well, thank uh, you. And I just want you to know that we miss you and your wife at Prime Timers. So I well, hope you can get back to that. Yeah, we do, too. We, uh, Like I say, I just had surgery uh, Wednesday, and... And my wife's had back surgery, and I had cataract surgery, and another surgery, and it just seems like been one thing after another. But we're still going, and uh, we'd like to get back there and and see all of you. That's, that's for sure. Well, we've lost a few members, and then there's some people that have just never started back to prime timers. So it's a small group, but we're we still have good speakers and a good meal. So um, uh-huh. we'll look forward to you coming back. All right. Well, hopefully have, we can. <laughs> yeah, and happy Father's Day to you. You have a good oh, day. Oh, thank both. you. Right. Thank yeah. you, Liz. Thank you, Liz. We appreciate it. Appreciate the call. Uh, let's go to Susan. Uh, on with my dad. How you doing, Susan? Fine. Um, I've been out of town, Brian, and I have to tell you, I miss your radio station. And today, when I heard that Sarah story and that beautiful accent, was so right on. I'm obviously because that's her roots. But I, I just want to tell you, as a mother and a grandmother, and your father knows this, it's a rare show that you don't reference your father or your kids. And that just touches me to the bone so much. And here it is, Father's Day, you know, upon us. And your dad is with you again. And I know, just because of the endearing things you say about your daughters and your dad, that they were, continue to be an incredible influence on you. And... Boy, I wish you and your dad the best Father's Day, and thank you for being the kind of fathers that a lot of people in the world wish they could only know, much less have. So that's my my wish to both of you. Well, thank you. Thank you, Susan. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's very nice. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that yeah, should make you Father's feel. Happy Father's Day to you. Yeah. Happy Father's Day to you, Brian. And, I know. Yeah. And thank to you. Our other, our other two sons, uh, Tim and Andrew. And to uh, wish them a happy Father's Day this Sunday. And to all your listeners out there that are fathers, uh, I'm sure there's hundreds and maybe thousands of them that listen to you but never call in. And like to wish them a happy Father's Day, too. No feeling like it. You know, becoming <laughs> a dad, right? That's Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, that's for sure. Yeah. Wow. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to uh, Jimmy. How you doing, Jimmy? Hey, good morning. It's Jam and Jimmy Bean coming at you live. Yes, sir. How's it going today? Good. I wanted to uh, to tell your father and thank your father so much for raising such a wonderful young man. Um, oh, I'm referring to thank Brian. You. <laughs> um, I consider Brian to be uh, a dear friend of mine now, and I think it's really neat that uh, that we have become friends. Over the years, it's a very unlikely pair, uh, to say the least. We don't have much in common when it comes to our past lives. Um, some of that because I'm a former drug addict and alcoholic. Um, and, excuse me, but Brian has never uh, made me feel 
as if I was less of a person or has never been condescending to me uh, over my past and instead has uh, just been really wonderful and kind to me. And uh, yeah. there's no doubt that that has a lot to do with the way that he was raised. Yeah, well, I thank you, and I enjoy it. When you call in, I always enjoy my ears perk up. I, when when Jimmy calls in, well, I, I listen close. Hmm. <laughs> well, Jimmy, you're going to make thank me cry so much, here. Thank you, Jimmy. I hope, I hope that you both enjoy a wonderful Father's Day. I know that for me personally, my, my daughters are my pride and joy, and they mean the world to me. Uh, so have a great weekend, Brian. I look forward to uh, coming into the studio again yeah. on July 7th. July 7th. And we'll talk to you soon. Have a great Father's Day, both of you. All right. Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah. Thank there you. you. Go. Jamming, jamming Jimmy Bean. Ten twenty five. Well, that was one thing you did, uh, and I need to get to a break here, but one thing you did, I think, uh, teach us all was to, uh, you know, treat everybody the same, no matter their background. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, very important. Uh, I mean, we're no, we were no better than anybody else, and and uh never tried not to look down on anybody or and or treat anybody uh, any differently no matter how high up they were or, or whatever we tried to keep an even keel and uh, be uh be fair and honest with everybody and i think that's uh, worked out pretty good yes it did hey uh hang on i gotta go to a break here you know how that goes um commercials okay. got i gotta go i gotta pay the bills here Back in a moment. Hang on with my dad. All right, we're on a penny for your thoughts here as we uh, go along here. Hour number two, which is uh, breezing by as well. And as typically I've done over the years, uh, the Friday before Father's Day, I just had my dad on the air with me. Unfortunately, he couldn't be in studio, but he is on the phone. We're just we're just talking here. So if you uh, want to jump in, if you want to say hi to my dad, you worked with him. Uh, maybe at the university, he worked as a janitor overnights for decades there <laughs> at the university in addition to farming and everything else. Uh, if you worked with him or just want to say hi or you want to text in a greeting, uh, certainly you can do that. Ryan Dallas Real Estate, uh, They uh, some of the testimonials they've had is they've helped nearly 400 families already. Uh, if there was the slightest issue, they always had a solution. We had offers within days of putting the house on a coming soon basis. Very easy process. Immensely helpful and supportive through the whole process. Don't leave money on the table. Ryan's team walks you through a pre-launch plan to prepare your home for the market so you get the most money possible. Voted number one year after year in the News Gazette People's Choice Awards and the tops in the 217 Awards because they get your best interest and your timeline to get the job done. Ryan Dallas Real Estate, 833-595-SOLD or go to ryandallasre.com. Had someone text in about... um, Said, wow, Brian, please give a warning before a segment like you had with Princess Sarah. I was trying to keep my tractor between the cornrows, and my eyes were swelling up with tears, and my vision was getting blurred. My goodness, that was beautiful. Yeah, that was really um, that was really incredible. And uh, she'll be honored again on uh, Bounce TV Sunday night at 6. If you need to check for that on your uh, cable channels and uh, your dish networks or whatever it is, you can, you can check it out. I've got my dad on the line. Uh, here as we just visit this morning. And if you have some messages you want to send in, certainly you can as we head for uh, Father's Day here, 2022. Uh, Stefan is on the line. How you doing, sir? Good morning, guys. Yeah. 
Good morning right. to you. And, and happy Father's Day. Uh, what is your guy's favorite meal on Father's Day? Wow. Favorite meal on Father's Day. I don't know, Dad. What? To... <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> well, any you... of them in particular. Well, you did Bob Evans some, right? So yeah, like yeah, a... I would say there or Cracker Barrel or one of those two. Okay, but probably uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Kentucky Fried Steak and yeah, Country Fried uh, Steak. Yeah, mashed potatoes and gravy and corn and all the trimmings. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Uh, I'd be similar to that. I think. So, I like I like a good New York strip. I know that steak so that's a good one anything else Stefan? my dad passed away in 2013 rest in peace and i'll be thinking of him and uh you guys have a happy one all right thank you sir good to hear from you yeah, thank 10 you. thank you 1033 at uh, dws i think next up we've got earl on with my dad how you doing earl Hi there, Brian. How's it going? Good. How are you, sir? Awesome. Well, uh, Mr. Barnhart, uh, first of all, I'd like to say uh, Happy Father's Day. I'd like to say Happy oh, Father's thank you. Day to you also, Brian. Yes, thank you. Uh, Mr. Barnhart, uh, did you ever do any time in the military? Yes, I was six years in the Army uh, Reserves. Uh on the state side, I never went overseas or anything, but uh, I put in six years, yes. Uh, where, where were you uh, stationed? Uh, Fort Leonard Woods, Missouri, and uh, Fort Riley, Kansas. So if you was at Leonard Woods, that mean you was uh, in one of the engineering uh, uh, fields? Uh, no, we were in <laughs> our outfit, kept uh changing uh uh whatever you call it uh names we we were a quartermaster company and then we were uh uh transportation and then we were administration we were just they'd change about every every year that we were something else <laughs> oh i see i see so did you ever did you ever go to college at all no, uh, no, I was all set to go. Uh, I did the ACT test and all that other stuff, and I was all ready to sign up. And my older brother, Ted, uh, we talked about earlier, he was decided to become a fireman. And he asked me if I wanted to want take over the farm, and I would just uh, and my ready to graduate from high school and I thought, well, I, that's what I always wanted to do was to be a farmer so I can always go to college later or take uh, night courses or something. So I jumped right in and started farming and farmed for about 40 years and uh, never made it back to college. So, hmm. <laughs> Oh, so you didn't grow up on the farm? Oh, yes, yeah. I've... Yeah, he grew oh, up on yeah. Oh, okay. mm -hmm. oh, I see. Okay, so, so my last question is, is that, I'm going through uh, Roger Ebert's uh, autobiography again, and uh, he said that his dad worked at the U of I. Did you know his dad? No, uh, I don't believe so. Uh. -uh. Hmm. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. That's good. Thank you. Thank you, Earl. Again, I'd like to wish you guys a happy Father's Day and a happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Very good. Thank thank you, Earl. Thank you, Earl. So, so were you where where were you thinking of going to college? Was it the U of I or? or, Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, We all set to go, and then Hmm. the things opened up, and I (laughs) I did go to some uh, classes in the evening uh, at the Unity High School. uh, had Mr. Coyle, the ag teacher, had classes that he taught uh, electricity and welding and uh, and the seeds and all kinds of, of things. I went to that, and that, uh, of course, I grew up around it, so I knew pretty much uh, what to do anyway. So, yeah, uh, I figured I'd just go ahead and get started. Yeah. My dad is with us, Tom Barnhart, uh, as we do on the Friday before Father's Day. Just have him on the radio. It's become a very popular uh, segment uh, that we do each year and uh, always enjoy doing that with him. Let me get a break in here, 1036 at DWS. Back with more. If you want to say hi to my dad, you can. Send him in, text, email, or phone, however you prefer. Back after this. Back on a penny for your thoughts here on this uh, Friday as we head into the weekend. Uh, 79 degrees, it says. Headed for a high of 91, and it's going to be hot into next week as well. Visiting with my dad, uh, Tom Barnhart, here as we do on the Friday before Father's Day. We had uh, Princess Sarah Culberson and her sister Laura Vitalik in that first hour. If you missed any of that, that was a great story that was. Uh, You can uh, get the podcast a little later, WDWS.com. Uh, by the way, one-year anniversary uh, to my uh, wife's, uh, she worked at for a little bit, uh, Reg Cakes over at Lincoln Square. She did some work there for Regina. They're a one-year-old a gluten-free bakery there, so I uh, just wanted to mention that. And i uh, got a happy Father's Day wish here, Dad, from uh, Roger Williams. You remember Roger oh, Williams, right? Yeah. Yeah, he says, happy uh, Father's Day to Tom from all of us at Champaign County Power Equipment. We've been out of business for huh. 10 years this month. So. Yeah, tell him I'm still uh, uh, driving a grasshopper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was over there in Urbana, right? Just off yeah, of, yeah, I think uh, he. I bought uh, several of them from him. He's a good man. Yeah, we went there a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think we kept him in business. In fact, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think at one point. Uh, also, uh, Happy Father's Day from Bob and Harley Adams. Uh, they just texted in. I don't know if you know them or not, but they wanted to send greetings along, so so that's good. Uh, just catching up with my dad a little bit. He couldn't be in studio today, but he is on the phone. If you want to send some greetings along the way here, if you know him, uh, you can certainly do that. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, um, and I know you listen to games on the radio, Illini games. You've been a Illini fan your whole life, basically. Um but uh, what do you remember about listening to Illini games on the radio? I mean, Jim Turpin did it for a long time. Larry Stewart. Um, did you listen all the time before they were on TV? Obviously. Was oh that yeah. A, yeah, yeah. That uh, that's where I got started with them. Uh, was uh, Larry Stewart? Mm-hmm. And uh, what was that saying he always had at the end of the games uh, when the game was over, or he sensed it was over? Uh, about songbooks, right? Uh, yeah, collect the songbooks. Time to collect the songbooks. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's what he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think of this year's team? This last year. Well, it's kind of a mystery to me. I. Uh, 
I think they'll be pretty good, but it's going to be interesting to see who steps forward and and uh, who who comes to play and who who the leaders are and who can shoot and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Because then now it's a little different world now with the uh, roster turnover. I mean, if you had if you had one transfer every couple of years or so, that was a lot. Oh yeah, that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to get the guidebook to see who's on the team. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, and of course, I know you've you've got great memories listening to Jim Turpin, who passed away a couple of months ago. Um, yeah, on the air. I think he's having an estate sale pretty soon, isn't he? Or? He is. Well, it's today. It's oh, today. On. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I bet he'll have some good stuff there. To <laughs> I would think so. Uh, he's probably got a. <clears throat> A lot more stuff than I do. I I think I have a lot, but my Maybe guess is got some old microphones or radios you can go buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have add to add to your collection. I'll have to I'll have to uh, check that out. Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah. you don't have to tell me who you're voting for, but are you are you voted already? Or are you going to vote early? Or yeah, we voted a, uh, about okay. ten days ago already. Yeah. Okay. So you're all good to go. We went to Brookings and okay. We were kind of expecting to maybe have to stand in line, but we were the only ones there that day. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it, it took me a little while. To, I don't know about you, but it took me a little while to get, you know, I was kind of a traditionalist. I just And some people are still, and that's fine. Vote on Election Day, which is fine. Uh, yeah. But, boy, it does. It, it is convenient if you can, you know, because I vote in Muhammad if I, if I can run to the Lake of the Woods and just go vote. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. makes and this it pretty, year. This year in Tolona, they're combining the 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 precincts, and they're all they're all going to vote at uh, Tolona Library. So we kind of thought that might be a little crowded in too, but uh, so we decided to go early and and uh, get it over with. And uh, hmm. maybe they quit sending me all this uh, the mail? all these uh, ads, but they <laughs> they keep coming. you're getting the same mail I'm getting. I've, I'm thinking somebody's yeah. spending a lot of money on mail, you know. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I told him this. I, I mentioned this on the air a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, okay, you can stop sending me mail because I'm, I'm not reading it anymore. So yeah, <laughs> it's going right to the trash can. So I, I hate to, yep, you know, I hate to tell you that, but uh, <laughs> that's the way it goes. Now you were an election judge, right? Did you do some of that? Yeah, I, yeah. I did that for I don't know, probably twelve or fourteen years, I suppose. Well, that's a good thing to do. Did you enjoy it? I mean, was it? Oh yeah, got yeah. to meet a lot of people, and uh, uh, seemed like a lot of the people that voted were mostly older people. I didn't. A few young ones could come in, but uh, a lot of older people. Yeah, you know, I think fifty years ago tonight was the uh, Watergate break-in, uh, where they they caught the burglars. You know, that were trying to get into the. Uh-huh. I remember. Um, I remember as a kid uh, talking about that with, or you would be talking about it with neighbors, or the whole thing with Watergate was was interesting. How? Uh, yeah. What do you, What year was that again? Se- I kind of well, it'd be seventy two. Seventy two. Yeah, okay. so it'd be fifty years ago today, actually tonight. Oh. What they called a third third rate burglary is what uh, uh-huh. Nick, <laughs> what somebody called it. But um, huh. but I was just thinking about you know discussing politics anymore. I know we used to. We used to ride around the truck when you'd go see different neighbors or farmers, and 
I just remember, I don't know how, maybe I'm over-remembering it, but it seemed like you guys would discuss Nixon or, you know, should he resign or this or that or the other. I remember those political discussions. I always found that interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was uh, a big topic at that time anyway. Yeah, that, and it seems to me we've kind of lost the ability to um, to argue and still shake hands and be friends at the end of it, do you think? I mean, it seems like anymore people just... Well, if you're not this, well, then you're not that. You know, I'm not with, you know, you think that's true? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that uh, sometime if uh, some of your callers, uh, like uh, Tiny and John and uh, Jimmy and uh, a bunch of them other ones, if they would could all get together at Applebee's or somewhere and, and, and have a meal and look at, go around the table and each one tell their story, I think, and look them in the face. I think they would, it would, they would have a, a greater respect for each other, and and uh, they wouldn't be calling in and say, "Oh, this I did, the last caller was a uh, way off of." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. They can probably all just still disagree after they get got done eating, but I think if they could just sit down together say 15 or 20 of them and sit down and look at each other and, and hear their stories. And, uh, even though they didn't agree on everything, I think it would, it would really be helpful if they would understand where the, everybody else is coming from. Yeah. I think we've lost that. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, that's for sure. I mean, I just, I don't remember. I mean, everybody, you know, the country was divided over Vietnam and, you know, the country was divided about Nixon. The country was divided about, you know, this and that, but, it seemed like you could um, you could work through it okay. Yeah. And and now it's just I'm in this camp and you're in that camp and and uh, you're you're evil. You know if you're if you don't agree with me you're just not you're not just wrong you're evil and I I don't understand uh, that I that's a hard concept for me to grasp. Yeah, but, that's unfortunate, but uh, I guess uh, that seems to be the way it is nowadays. I don't know. And the political ads kind of play into that, I think. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. It's like, well, you're you're oh, a phony, you're or a you're the yeah, you're a crook, you're a phony, <laughs> you're a, you know. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let me get another break in here. Sorry, I need to do this, but let me get it in here. The last one, and I've got a few uh, final couple of texts here that have come in from my dad on Father's Day, uh, leading into the weekend. Glad you're with us on a penny for your thoughts. Hang on. All right, on a penny for your thoughts. Precision Painting, if you need some uh, painting work done, they're working, they're there. They're not jumping from job to job. Get a free estimate for some interior painting, 217-637-6288. Chad Ebert, uh, or you can go to uh, y, W-H-Y Precision, P-R-E-C-I-S-I-O-N.com. Yprecision.com is where you can reach uh, Chad Ebert and the crew at Precision Painting. So make sure you uh, take care of any of those um well, the ugly wallpaper or the popcorn ceilings, whatever's outdated in your house, they can uh, they can take care of that. 10.53, my dad is with me here till the uh, top of the hour, just uh, getting ready for Father's Day. Uh, texter says, your dad is spot on. I suggested the same thing a couple of months ago, the getting the different people together for a meal <laughs> somewhere and discuss their issues. Uh, Ron wants to know, would you, would you ask your dad what kind of cars did he own through the years and did he have a favorite? Oh, I uh driving a, a Toyota for the last uh 12 years. I like them. Mm-hmm. 
uh, trucks. So we had uh, Chevys and Fords, and uh, Chevys always rusted out. So I quit them, and I went switched over to Fords, and I still got a '98 Ford I drive, and you know, just as good as it was when I bought it. Hmm. So I guess I Ford trucks and yeah. Toyota cars. <laughs> Do you have any? Uh, trying to think of what was the the little um, color was it? Was it blue? What we had a car when I was a kid in the '60s. What what would what would that have been? There's pictures uh, on the slides. I'm trying to remember. Um, well, we've had uh, had several back then. Uh, I had a big uh, black uh, Oldsmobile, and then I had. Uh, uh, a white uh, Ford car. Yeah, because us, uh, our our car and Grandma's were the same car. I mean, similar. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And I forget what it was. <laughs> I should know. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. All right. Well, Ron says Happy Father's Day to uh, both of you. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, let's go to David here at ten fifty-five. Hi, David. Good morning, and Happy Father's Day to all of us. Yes, thank you. Uh, yes. Just wanted to comment on your question. You was questioning a while ago. You didn't understand why uh, people were so hateful today and not able to have conversations about politics. I think the uh, main reason being we've never had uh, an ex-president that generated so much hatred because all he wants is... Um, you either bow to me or you bow to no one. You can't have two opinions. Well, it's uh, he certainly stirs emotions both ways. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about that. Well, I think the emotion he stirs is hatred. Hmm. All right. Anything else, David? No, I think right. that's enough. All right. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, 217-356-9397. Did you have a... Um, favorite politician growing up? I mean, that you really thought, man, that guy really knows what he's talking about. Oh, uh, probably Ronald Reagan, I suppose. Yeah. He was kind of down to earth and, uh, and yet was uh, really, I thought was a good president. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, beyond that is kind of a mixed bag. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, uh, Grandma was, uh, my, your mom, my grandmother, was born the same year, I think, as Ronald Reagan, if I remember right. Yeah. Uh, she always was pretty yeah. proud of that. I think they were born about oh, a yeah. month about a month apart. Yep. But um, anyway, she was, I know he was He was her favorite. All right, uh, let me go back to the phones here to Ted. How you doing, Ted? Good. Um, you probably said it last time your dad was on, and I'm surprised funeral homes don't do it. Is um, what would be neat. I lost my dad ten years ago. What would be neat is to have an interviewer sit down with your father, whether it be out in a cornfield, alongside a pond, whatever's comfortable for him, and asking stuff about each children, each child. You know, hmm. uh, five, ten minutes, whatever. You know, personal questions or whatever. What was Brian like? First day, blah blah blah. And there's no price you could put on that on that video. I bet. To, you know, not to be open till. Till you till your father passes, hmm. and uh, I think it would be you know um uh, priceable. And to the last caller, no, Donald Trump didn't invoke hate at all. He he told the truth what it was. Obama, who I voted for, 
He went around the world and lied about the wars, apologized for the wars my relatives fought. No, Donald Trump was the best president ever in the history of America. So wake up, David, or whatever your name is. All right. There you go. Thank you, Ted. Appreciate it. Yeah, I get this every day, Dad. You see that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's what you get. Uh, doing a show like this, uh, ten fifty. Leanne says hi. By the way, just she wanted to text that in. So, uh, oh, my wife. So yeah. Anyway, uh, well, I guess what do you got the rest of the day? We're about out of time here, but yeah, I just yeah. wanted to encourage all your listeners. I know you got thousands of listeners that never call in. I just encourage them to call in and uh, talk to you. It's uh, you're very easy to talk to and. You won't put them down or make them feel inferior or nothing like that. So uh, if you're out there, I know you're listening and you you never call. I call in and talk to Brian. Just You don't have to talk politics or anything like that, but just hmm. call in and tell your story. I think that would uh, maybe we could get away from some of this uh, politics and gas prices. People would call in and just tell your story about uh, growing up or what you did or mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, I know you, Brian would treat you fairly, and uh, I'd encourage you to call in. All right. Well, thank you, Dad. I appreciate the plug. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, have a good Father's Day. Love you, and uh, have a good weekend. And the same we'll, to you. And we'll, and, uh, we'll be in touch. Yeah, tell so, Leanne hi. I will. Have a good weekend. Thanks for being with us. Okay, thank you. Very good. That's my dad, Tom Barnhart, on WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Need to get to the news. And uh, thanks for being with us. Have a great weekend.